Hello, hello, guests, readers, listeners, and fans. Welcome to the first and ever Nanger Banger podcast episode. The following podcast is an NBE3U summative assignment that would discuss the contents of the novel Starlight, the sequel of Medicine Walk, written by Richard Wagamese. The essential question that I will be focusing on is, how does one heal from past traumatic experiences and is still able to move on? Oh, and there will be a little special interview with my sister at the end of the episode. Would you like to say hello? Hello. So, buckle up for an epic journey and sit back, relax, and enjoy. Now, let's get into the summary of Starlight. Starlight continues on from the original protagonist, Franklin Starlight, a boy who never had connections to his culture or family, which we saw in the previous novel when his father passes away. But now, Franklin had been raised by the old man his entire life up to the beginning of the story after the old man passes away. Franklin is now an adult who takes care of the farm the old man left him alongside his best friend Eugene Roth, a fellow worker who bonds with Franklin and can tell when anything is on his mind. Now a big part of this story are a few new characters, Emma Strong and her daughter Winifred Strong, who were on the run from Emmy's ex-boyfriend Cadillac and his pal Anderson. Cadillac abused Emmy for the past three years and Emmy knew that in order to keep her and Winnie safe, they had to run, so they did. They left them to burn in a cabin, but they do make it out alive, and the men begin their journey for vengeance, while the others begin their journey for home. Now, Emmy and Winnie only knew men as evil creatures, and there's a quote that goes by, The only thing she knew for certain was that the rage was her only defense, and that she would nurture it, carry it like a sacred amber, fan it, stoke it, keep it hot, and ready for the next time if Cadot were alive. If it was not, it would still serve her. There are men everywhere in the world, which is on page 22. Emmy does not trust men, which we can see through this quote. And this is due to her past experiences with them, even being molested by her own father. And Winnie also learns to hate men after seeing what her mother goes through. So she ends up beating up boys in her school in order to displace this anger onto someone else. But everything changes after Starlight takes them in and introduces them to nature. What healed him will now begin to heal them through the essence of the wilderness. He heals their past traumatic experiences with men because the old man taught him to help anyone who is in need. Through teaching them skills such as riding horses, learning to breathe, look in a new way, listen to everything around them, they are able to take in the nature that Franklin was taught by. It is truly a beautiful healing process that deserves recognition for sure, I believe. Seeing how Emmy finally touches a doe and crying, symbolizing how she's learned how to quiet her thoughts and actually listen to herself for once, which all connects back to her being able to trust Franklin, a man, for the first time, even after everything she went through really touches your heart. There's this part in the book that I love, and it says, Well, yeah, I guess, but when I'm running, I feel the world moving through me more and I feel me moving through the world. There's no words for that. There just isn't. In those moments... The only thing I want to do is howl, which was on page 167. Emmy is finally able to feel freedom after suffering for so long in her life and being abused by men. Okay, so now, even Franklin, our main protagonist from the prequel, is able to love and connect with Emmy even though he's never had connections to females in his entire life. Now, Franklin also took up photography as a hobby, and he says this heartwarming quote in an art gallery in Vancouver. Love is unbroken country. Every step you take deeper into it changes you, makes you more, changes the geography of who you are, and you're brave enough to enter it alone and find your place in it, you can't never be lonesome again on account of you came to love everything love touches. I only hope every picture I take shows I'm still believing that, which was on page 225. This quote tells us that taking deep, scary steps into love will make you more than you already are. 
and seeing Franklin being able to love Emmy and being a part of a family which heals his own past traumas of never having real family to love is honestly super breathtaking and I truly loved this part of the book. So now we will be discussing about indigenous issues in Starlight. So in chapter 13, Franklin goes to Indaka with Emmy and Winnie to go shopping for groceries and clothes. When he goes to the bank to withdraw money, however, most people in town know that Franklin, an Indian, took in a white mother. So Earl Chapman notices this too and says that Franklin should be careful due to their differences in race and how indigenous issues are still present during these times. Um, it's kind of significant in Starlight because we can still see how indigenous people were still being discriminated against for their race. And a few quotes that Chapman says are, it's just that you being Indian and all, and her being white, which is on page 100. And on 101, he says, I guess I'm saying, be careful, Frank. This kind of thing, well, it's not done around here. People get nervous. So now, these two quotes allows us to see how interesting it is, um, how racism even occurs in Starlight, even though this story is about healing. And I believe the author, Wagamese, wishes for us readers to notice that there are still issues in reality to this day, that there's still discrimination against indigenous people just because of who they are, even though Franklin is a very gentle, kind and caring character. Now I will be bringing on my guest, who is also my sister and will be taking the NBE 3U course next year, Cynthia. So this will be cool to see what she knows about indigenous related information. Welcome to the Nanger Banger podcast, Cynthia. Would you like to say hello to the listeners? Hello. <laughs> okay, so now let's begin the interview. So, there is a certain part in the novel where the main character goes through discrimination just for being indigenous, even though he isn't known for his culture. It's solely due to his color and race. Do you think this is fair? Of course not. It's very unfair for people to judge him based on how he looks, and they don't really know anything about his history and his background, which yeah. can also affect him when he grows older and will give him a bad impression of people and society. Yes, yes, I totally agree. But now, have you ever experienced anything similar to discrimination in your own life? Yes, specifically two times. One time was when I was on the bus and I got called out for being Asian, basically, and so I couldn't sit where I was sitting. Mm -hmm. And another time was when I was at the park with my friends, and a person passed by us, and he was also calling us out and making, like, assumptions, you know, like, telling us to go back to, like, whatever country we were from, and, like, you know, saying, you know, other stuff that was pretty mean and rude. Wow, so that's kind of interesting seeing how not only indigenous people are being discriminated against, but also like our Asian community. That's kind of sad. So our final question uh, I have for you is, do you know any indigenous issues happening right now in reality? Yes, um, probably for indigenous people, I feel as though that their education right now is being poorly yeah. misguided due to the fact that they fall into drugs or alcohol and so that leads them into not really like caring about their education and it also leads them like into having a different perspective on you know the world and like not really thinking about the future a lot and so this leads to poverty mm -hmm. or you know, letting them grow yeah. up in a very, like, not positive and bad environment. Yeah, you actually know a lot, even though you haven't taken the course, which is good. So, 
I'm just going to talk about Ottawa Piscat. And there was actually a youth suicide crisis up there. And they were also promised a youth center, which they've never gotten. There's a housing crisis. And we can see intergenerational trauma affecting them. So what do you think the government should do? And this will be our final, final question. The government should do something. I feel as though... Like, there are many issues in Canada that should be focused on by the government. And seeing how, as they're not really, like, caring about this topic and pushing it aside, really makes us think, like, wow, what a great country we have. It is a great country, but, you know, the government should care more about the youth in general and making sure that we can grow up as a better and stronger society. We're all people, so we all deserve to be equal. All right, so thank you for being here, and (laughs) I hope you had a good time, and I'll see you next time. Okay. So, all in all, Starlight was a fantastic and phenomenal novel. Even though it was an incomplete story, I still thoroughly enjoyed reading it. Now, to wrap up, we saw through my essential question that people are still able to heal past traumatic experiences. To be specific, the characters in this novel used different methods such as nature, finding someone to love, or even having someone to trust. But remember that it's up to you to figure out what is best for you to move on. Now, I would like to thank my guest, Cynthia. Thank you for having me. No, no, no. Thank you for taking your time to partake in my interview. And finally, thank you to my listeners for supporting my first ever podcast. Till next time, Nanger Banger out! Woo! Let's go!